Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. It is Tuesday, the 11th of August, 2020. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scotty, I hope you're well. Reporting season just got pretty real, didn't it, today? It did. So the foothills have uh, now been passed and it's onto the peak. So <laughs> Mount, uh, Mount CBA on tap tomorrow morning. So uh, lay down a bit of a marker for the rest of the banking sector you'd expect. And I see you've already got your runners on for it. Um, we may as well get to CBA then, right? Because we talked to a lot of guests about this one today. Finished it off with Martin Crabb, CIO at Sean Partners. It's the dividends. It's the bad and doubtful debt provisionings. Director at IMF Investors, Ruben Debarra, says that, look, again, it's, it's not the bad and doubtful debts for FY20. It's looking ahead to FY21. And how do you go and accommodate for all the uh, loan relief that's been uh, undertaken and uh, know when business will come back online? When uh, those businesses come back online, how many people will lose their jobs and flows through to the mortgages? Uh, all the uh, unanswered questions. So that's an FY21 story. Uh, obviously, I think this, the bank will have to go and counter you know, being too optimistic and being seen as to be a bit like laughable. Also, not being uh, no, too pessimistic and trying to go and scare scare the uh, the market in terms of what we could potentially be looking at from a, a bad loans perspective uh, across the, uh, the entire sector. Yep. And dividends, uh, you know, we've got huge estimates, uh, variation between them. So some have it at about 50 cents, some, you know, $1.60, some even zero. So that will go a long way to set the expectations from the other banks when they report later in the year. We'll get that trading update coming from the NAB. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be a really interesting one to get all the detail from, as always, but even more so now. And we'll be speaking with the CEO, Matt Common, to, uh, 210, 210. Kosh, you'll sit down with Matt to get all the details. But if you'd like to listen to that analysis ahead of the result from Ruben DeBarros from IFM Investors, you can do so via the show notes at the bottom of the page. Uh, we had, Scuddy, yet another day of seeing some positivity for the retailers in the wash up of hearing from Adairs and Nick Scali. Uh, look, it wasn't a blockbuster day for the consumer related space, but still the commentary that we're getting is all still pretty positive. And now how you feel about stimulus and what that's done for some of the retailers, likely some of our listeners do as well. <laughs> Undoubtedly. But you know, what are you saying about just this this continual uh, propensity of the market to continue to reward these names. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a broader story when you actually look what's going on. So there is so much good news that's being priced into these stocks. You know, I think I'm, I mentioned yesterday during the podcast that since I've arrived here over three months ago, all I've been talking about is the unexpected and resilient performance of retail spending. Yet they're just breezing past analyst expectations. And I'd maybe think overnight and then this morning, if it's that easy for those firms with so much good news to go and exceed expectations, what about the rest of the market? I just think the bar for earnings must be so low at the moment that it makes it almost impossible for almost the vast majority of companies out there reporting to actually miss. 
Uh, you saw what happened in the United States, of course, with uh, I think Faxit had uh, 80, low 80 percent, uh, no um, bottom line being uh, being for US S and P 500 companies. That was the best since the GFC. So we know that the bar for this earnings season has been set really low. And just the, the lesson that I've been taught from, uh, from what's going on with the retailers in particular is that the bar must be incredibly low across the board. Well, Challenger, I suppose, missing that mark. It was down by close to 7% today. But yeah, to your point elsewhere, you know, we had um, Reckon, it reported, up 18%. James Hardy, up by close to 6 Shopping centers Australasia in a very troubled part of the market, up by 4%. Uh, you know, the list goes on. We had Charter Hall, social infrastructure REIT, doing very well off the back of the result today, up by close to 4%. Again, we spoke with the fund manager there. You can access that interview via the show notes. It's interesting. Uh, childcare proved really resilient. It was an essential service, so to speak. It mm. continues to be so. But what they really want to do to change the mix of the fund going forward is get some of those government assets on the books. We uh, talked to him about that. Yeah, everyone wants to go and tap the taxpayer, doesn't it? Uh, so it's easy to go and get tenants who are going to pay when it's the taxpayer providing the money, but uh, private sector is another story. So I think just been times ahead in FY21. Yeah, we um, like we saw just um, to finish off that conversation, Adair is up as well by a further 2%. Kogan up by 1.3%. So all happening when it comes to reporting season today. I think it's worthwhile then to get to our stock of the day now, which was James Hardy. Uh, as I mentioned, up by 6%, forecasting higher full-year earnings going forward on an improvement in the U.S. housing market. Kashi sat down with Howard Coleman from Team Invest. Let's get his thoughts. James Hardy seems to consistently have a good reason as to why it didn't do as well as uh, we may have expected it to do. And um, I think that's a general theme in reporting season, that the badly run businesses can always find an external reason as to why they haven't done all that well. And the well-run companies hardly bother mentioning uh, the same sort of reasons. They just report good figures. And although James Hardy, obviously, share price has done very well recently, uh, not the kind of business that uh, we, from a long-term perspective in Team Invest, are overly enthusiastic about. Its return on equity is quite good, but it's got high debt. And the earnings really have only grown about in line with inflation year after year. So uh, it's hard to see where this is going to turn into a wealth winner. The key there was that sales were only down 5%. So right. considering what might have been pretty soft sort of period, um, it could have been a lot worse there. So mm. some other companies have been probably that the sales have been off a bit more. So that's probably the plus there. But I have to agree with Howard here, it's pretty, pretty expensive here. So uh, we're up about 35 times earnings at the moment. So there's next to no yield yeah. here on the stock here. The one thing you're sort of seeing here, and I've noticed this across the board here, is that the volumes are, um, are disappearing. Right. So we're sort of, we're, we're going up, but we're going up on declining volume. So basically less participation as the, as the stocks climb. So that was Gary Glover from Novus Capital talking about James Hardy. Big day tomorrow. CBA, CPU, CSL is... Uh, next week. Next week, yeah. Take that off the list. Downer EDI, Magellan. And we've got Seek and Transurban. Transurban will be an interesting one to get some commentary on the Victorian lockdown. Okay, let's leave equities, shall we? Let's talk what we got today on the economic front. A, a little bit out of date. We saw the NAB business survey. We got the payrolls data. What do our listeners need to know? What, what was your big takeaway from those two reads? 
that there was a modest improvement underway outside of Victoria before the lockdown in uh, Melbourne and, uh, and elsewhere in the state, obviously, to a lesser degree. Uh, it's still weak recovery, still doesn't fit with a V-shaped recovery. But uh, things are looking okay then. But uh, as you said, it's already dated. We're only talking about stuff from late July, but uh, so much has already changed in that space. The one thing that I found interesting today was the uh, ANZ Roy Morgan Consumer Confidence Survey. That does incorporate that news out of Victoria. Uh, That fell for a seventh consecutive week. And pessimism to the economy in particular is so acute at the moment. Yet views on household finances are still pretty good. Just give you some insight as to how important that job keeper and job seeker payment has been to go and help uh, keep households optimistic. But now that's been tapered back, you wonder whether that might go and be down some downside pressure coming in the um, once ahead. We've got the monthly consumer sentiment report coming from Westpac tomorrow. So that's for the month of August. Uh, that will be insightful, no doubt. And the wage price index, I mean, we saw that wages are under pressure once again in the payrolls report today. So what more can we learn from the Bureau of Stats tomorrow? That's the quarterly index. Yeah, it'll be uh, ancient history in the scheme of things this year. But uh, it'll just give some insight as to how weak the labor market was prior to the pandemic, realistically. Uh, we're talking about stuff from the June quarter. It's going to capture some of the uh, information that's coming through. But uh, a lot of the adjustments in wages uh, and wage expectations occur uh, well and truly in a laggard fashion. So we're not going to learn too much, but it's just going to go and tell us that for all the crowing about how the economy has been 30 years of uninterrupted growth and everything along those lines, that uh, the labour market really wasn't that strong. Uh, Yes, we'd seen quite reasonable job growth, but we also saw a lot of supply of labour as well coming through. Uh, So those uh, the the people looking for a decent pay increase just never happened. And now we've got an economic uh, crisis where it's going to take years to come out of. It's probably not a great backdrop when it comes to anyone looking for a big wage increase. No, and it's a bit of a bugbear as well when it comes to the RBA, when it comes to inflation, inflation expectations, uh, you know, wages. We've waited a long time for them to come back. Yeah, it'd be really easy to see the breakdown too in that release between public and private sector. Uh, I suspect that we're going to see quite a massive chasm open up over the next six months or so in that particular release when it comes to the the two various groups. Yeah, interesting. That ties in with some of the data we got on house prices um, coming through as well. uh, REA Group, we spoke with Nerida Consabi earlier in the week, and it's the Canberra market that we're seeing property prices rise. Surprise, surprise. They call it a Canberra bubble for one reason, and we know (laughs) what it is. We're in our little bubble here sometimes at AusBiz, but we invite lots of people in to visit us. Howard Silverblatt will kick it off at 8.30. He'll be taking us through the big moves on Wall Street overnight. Reporting season coverage will take you to the corner office. Andrew Bassett, CEO of Seek at 9 o'clock a.m., Great analysis with Sean Fenton, CIO at Sage Capital at 10.30. The day goes on. I mentioned Matt Common. I'll name drop again. 2.10 p.m. Koshi, Matt Common, together, live. You'll want to hear that interview. And uh, we will wrap the day. I love knowing what our day is tomorrow, Scotty, but we'll be wrapping it all with Jeremy Hook, who is investment director of TMS Capital. So... I know you got your shoes on. You're ready to go for a run. Um, get some sleep, though, because it'll be a big one. It will be a big one, but I will get some sleep. But first, I'm going to make a few phone calls, so I'm not, uh, not dashing out the door just yet. <laughs> All right. We'll see you tomorrow, Scotty. Look forward to it. Look forward to it, too. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.